reasons. You can no longer get Lamar Jackson in the later rounds just before his MVP campaign. Some of that is because fantasy football rankings have improved. Some of that is because your draft rooms have improved. And Hayden Winks, I have never been more willing this year to draft, I don't know, the top three, four, five names at the quarterback position. In your eyes, quickly before we get into these, how's the strategy changed? I completely agree with you. I have a fantasy points over replacement looking at last year's data and about 12 of them were top 50 overall players. What's happening in the NFL is there's a big gap between how often teams are playing with pace and with pass rate. And there's that definitely a haves and have nots when it comes to rushing ability too. So when you have those things all working together, what you're seeing here is a separation from the elites from the non-elites. And this chart, uh, this chart right here shows from last year, these red dots are teams that didn't have a quarterback through uh, parts of the draft. And once you get to about round eight, round nine, there's a definite difference between yep. teams that had a quarterback and teams that didn't have a quarterback. So I think that now more than ever, we're going to be drafting top six, top 10 quarterbacks. Um, even in your redraft leagues, even if you're going to play the waiver wire game, I still think that you want having one of those studs is appropriate. You can no longer get athletic running quarterbacks at a discount. It's all baked in. Shout out Richie Bar, the Konami code. So today, it's the final edition of our quarterback tiers, quarterback rankings. We're going to spend a whole bunch of time on the top 15 for you. Super flex, two quarterback drafters out there have a couple names as we go along towards the end that we want you to target as well. And let's kick it off with tier one. It only has four names. And we start off with Josh Allen. It has to start with Josh Allen. He was responsible for 34 touchdowns inside of the red zone last year, 32 the year before. Two numbers, two figures that always stand out when considering Josh out. He's now posted the same exact completion percentage on 20-plus yard throws in each of the last two seasons. That's 45%. And then last year, speaking of rushing yardage at the position, he had 763 yards in the ground. That's third among all quarterbacks and only 21 yards from first. He does it all. And those two combined stats had him scoring 35 fancy points. He was he did it five times. There was only 13 of those performances. He owned five of the 13. This team's just unfair because they have talent. They also play with pace and pass rate. They're going to be top five-ish in both of those categories as they have been for the last couple seasons. So he's basically your goal line back and your deep <laughs> deep target. And he's going to be, what, top five in pass attempts. Uh, it's hard to see this going sideways, uh, even if you remove Brian Dayball from the equation. Right. The only question is a change in play caller. You obviously go from Brian Dayball, now coach of the Giants, over to Ken Dorsey, Joe Brady. Who knows what the difference is? Now, they've also evolved a little bit offensively, you know, bringing in James Cook, who's a pass catching back, and we get Gabriel Davis as a really, really full time player. And hopefully, Dawson Knox emerges a little bit more because, man, what he was able to do inside the 20, inside the 10. It's all systems go. And it's probably why we're a bit lower than consensus. Hopefully people checked out a running back ranking show uh, on the Devlin Singletary, Zach Moss of the world, because Josh Allen is such a focus inside the red zone, inside the 10 yard line. I think the real Josh Allen debate is where to take him versus hmm. the running backs and wide receivers. And if you're looking at our other shows, we think there's a top 15 running backs. We think there's a top 16 wide receivers, top three tight end. Once you get to that, now it's time for Josh Allen. It's like Josh Allen or Terry McLaurin. I think I'm siding on 
the Josh Allen side in all formats, um, especially like half PPR. Uh, also a little bit of a bonus. If you had Steph Diggs, obviously throughout the show, this is a given tiebreakers go to the stacked players. If you've drafted one of the wide receivers or tight ends, get the quarterback. The other part of this though, we did the cheat codes on Yahoo and sleeper on ESPN Dawson Knox ranked egregiously low on those platforms. Gabriel Davis ranked yes. egregiously low. So even if you don't have Stefan Dix early, you can still say Josh Allen and eight, 12, 14 spots ahead. I'm okay with taking Gabriel Davis on some of those platforms. Okay. So there's the number one quarterback still in tier one. We move on over to, to quarterback two, who actually on our platform, underdog fantasy is being drafted as the quarterback four. That's freaking Patrick Mahomes. It's never been easier to have Patrick Mahomes on your fantasy team than this season finished last year as the quarterback five in points per game. And that was also considering just 10.5% of his passes traveled 20 plus yards. That was 21st among all quarterbacks in the league. I always go back to this with Mahomes. You can't blitz him. He completed 72% of his passes when blitz last year. And Damn. Hayden, you and I think you and I think that this offense is going to evolve a little bit. We've already seen him in the preseason take four, five, six seconds to go through his fourth progression and really thrive in the structure of an offense. Yeah, the biggest difference, obviously, no Tyreek Hill, but at the same time, they have established the runs. Number two offensive line, they are shredded at all five of those spots. Uh, also, this offense was first in neutral pass rate, third in neutral pace last year. You know where you're getting with Patrick Mahomes. The big difference of why I like him at the price specifically here is previously you were stacking with a first-round pick and Tyreek Hill, awesome. But if you're right about Patrick Mahomes in round four or five this year, that means you're also going to be right about Juju Smith-Schuster in round five or six, MVS in round nine or ten. Same thing with Sky Moore. When you're stacking him, if we're right about Patrick Mahomes, we're going to be bringing up mid-tier players up, and that's the extra benefit here. So to me, Patrick Mahomes at the round four or five turn, I've been drafting Mahomes then Juju Smith-Schuster a lot at yep. that turn. Yep, I'm totally there with you. Think Andy Reid's going to be in his traditional bag here a little bit with the, oh, yeah. the scope of the offense. We've seen multiple tight end sets. We've seen fullback sets with them this year. And while we always love the extended plays of four and a half seconds for for Mahomes and hit Tyree Kill deep, uh, one I think MVS can fill in a little bit for that nine route stuff and broken play stuff. But also he's so good again at staying patient and taking what the deep. You remember they went through that little rough patch last year and they really figured it out towards the end of last season. And finally, like he had seven more interceptions than usual last year because there was a lot of really bad bounces. I don't think we're going to get that heading into 2022. Yeah. Quarterback three for us, Justin Herbert. And he's the quarterback two in points per game last season. Most total touchdowns for a quarterback in their first two NFL seasons. Really no new pieces. We get a full-time Joshua Palmer, as we talked about on our wide receiver ranking show. I believe he was the number one passer in EPA on third down last season. And again, what I'll throw out you, Hayden, of the 27 quarterbacks who played 50-plus percent of their team snaps, he ranked 21st in air yards per attempt last season. If we get that into the top 10, heck, even the top five, sky's the limit for Justin Herbert this season. Also 15th in neutral pass rate. So it can be more downfield passes and just more passes in general. I will argue that Gerald Everett is better than Jared Cook. Second year Joshua Palmer is an upgrade. And they drafted a first round guard who by all training camp reports seems like he's going to be like an all pro eventually. Their offensive line is now top five in established the runs rankings. And I totally agree with that. They have average to all pro type of players at four of the five spots. Justin Herbert could easily be the best quarterback in the league this year he can easily win mvps so of course in round four he's somebody if you drafted mike williams or keenan allen or austin eckler 
by all means, go Justin Herbert in round four. You have my approval. Yeah, second year with Joe Lombardi. There's going to be even more comfort. There naturally has to be. He was third in the NFL last year in passing touchdowns and also third in interceptions. Okay, to close up this tier, it's the man, the myth, the legend. Still waiting on a contract, but it's all good. Lamar Jackson. In a season where everything went wrong for LJax, he still finished as the quarterback eight last year in fantasy points per game. And most importantly, Hayden, he simply could not operate in empty situations because the offensive line was an absolute travesty. Where the offensive line was an absolute travesty. Both starting tackles were gone. We know they had to shuffle some pieces there in the middle. But most importantly, empty EPA generated out of those formations. He went from best in 2019 as MVP campaign at 64.7. And last year dropped all the way down to 41st overall at 5.5. Yeah, left tackle, left tackle Ronnie Stanley is back. Center, Tyler Linderbaum, first round pick. The offensive line should be all shirt up. Uh, the running back position seems tough. They're just adding Kenyon Drake. J.K. Dobbins still returning. Uh, PUP list for Gus Edwards. I think we're going to see the, Ra- uh, the Ravens pass the ball more than we have seen uh, historically, even last year in this bad season, he had three games of over 30 fantasy points in 11 healthy games. He had three over that. And then H- Tyler Huntley, by the way, came in there and he had another 30 point game himself. So this is offense just breeding fantasy points. And obviously Lamar Jackson were high on uh, Mark Andrews. We're high on Rashad Bateman. If you're right about uh, this offense, you're going to be right about those picks as well. So stack them up. Yeah, I, I can't stress enough how tragic the injuries were. The injury luck is just going to be on their side this year more than anything else. And look, we're not predicting an MVP campaign for Lamar. It can absolutely be in the range of possibilities, but 27.7 fantasy points in that 2019 season are the most for a single season ever. Do not forget that. Okay. We've escaped tier one now to tier two, which actually for us, Hayden is just two names. And our quarterback five is Jalen hurts. And I think to understand Jalen Hurts, you have to try to also understand the Philadelphia Eagles offense. In weeks one through seven last season, they attempted nearly 35 passing attempts per game, Jalen Hurts did, with just nine carries per contest. They started two and five. In the next seven full games, that pass attempt rate dropped by 10 per game, and he added a few more carries per contest. You bring in A.J. Brown this offseason. I think you and I all offseason have advocated that while the better record was at the ladder when they ran more often as a team from a top-down angle, from a top-down view, the Eagles want to be a pass-first organization. It's just an analytical-based front office, and we know what that means for him. You also don't trade for A.J. Brown and give him the contract that he got unless you're ready to pass the ball. So I think we're going to return to at least try to go back to that first part. And if if that last, I mean, it's over. Jalen Hurts is going to be like a must-have for fantasy. Like you better be overweight on Jalen Hurts. Even if they don't, he was still a top 10 fantasy quarterback last year. And obviously you're replacing all the Jalen Rager targets for AJ Brown. We're talking about the one of the least efficient players to one of the most efficient players uh, in the league. They were fifth in neutral pace too. And his completion percentage and his time to throw all that stuff, it's getting there. Like every mm-hmm. single season gets a little bit better than it was last year. And obviously the big thing here is 15 of 16 games. He had at least 30 rushing yards. Like that's the Konami code. He's the cover boy for all this stuff. We used to pr- pay round 10 price tags, but don't be afraid to pay the uh, round five, round six price tag of Jalen hurts. 
And even last year, they opened with the Falcons and then a pretty difficult run of the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs defenses. This year, in their opening four contests, they get the Lions, the Vikings, the Commanders, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you might see a bit of a different story in a positive way through the first four games. And let's also not forget, for everything you just said, he also had the fifth highest average depth of throw last season among all quarterbacks at 9.5. I just really hope that AJ Brown gives him the answers over the middle of the field. Cause he really struggled there last year. And the number one offensive line in the league with yep. depth. Yep. I'm with you. Okay. It's hard to go wrong. It's really hard to go wrong. I try to exit every single one of my drafts with at least one of those top five quarterback names. Uh, but I'll also, you know, push the boundaries and go with this quarterback six here. And that is Kyler Murray in the opening seven games of last season. Have we forgotten just how special Kyler Murray was? I mean, he was completing 73% of his passes, 2,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, just five total turnovers. The Cardinals were 7-0, and so I might have called them the best team in the league at that point. Now, with all of that, nearly perfection, he was still just the quarterback four during that start. And obviously, we've seen him get injured towards the end of the season in each of the last two years. And in the final six games of last year, just nine total touchdowns to three interceptions. So... I don't know how much better the Cardinals have gotten. They've tr- tried to, you know, they've added Marquise Brown. What's your view of Kyler Murray here as our quarterback six? I think he has the same ceiling as all of the quarterbacks we've listed, just because the offensive line, the durability, the coaching staff, so just a complete mess. The, the organization's a complete mess. Let's be honest here. Uh, I think that's why he's the quarterback six, but he definitely can go on a run and be the number one quarterback in fantasy no question, uh, especially when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. They are pretty deep at the skill positions, um, and Kyler Murray is, quite frankly, when he's on, he is, like, top five uh, real-life quarterback, not even just fantasy, and obviously has does everything on the ground. So, uh, to me, this is where it's, like, who can finish as the quarterback one in fantasy? This is, like, the, the list, this top six, and then you get yeah. into the next tier uh, of quarterbacks. Yeah, and obviously the the offense crumbled without DeAndre Hopkins towards the end of last year. Cliff just had no answers. I would love to get 17 games out of Rodney Hudson, but like where this can be taken to the next level for Kyler, he was third in the NFL in percentage of his pass attempts that traveled 20 plus yards last season. And now he gets Hollywood Brown, who's really inefficient on those targets last year. Some yeah. of that was the quarterback. Some of that was him, but hopefully their history together hits, hits much better. This Shower season. narrative. Shower narrative. Tier three time. And man, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's our quarterback seven. He was a quarterback three last season. And how did he really elevate his game to get to that level? Hey, and it's because he's really shifted along with the league in understanding the importance of big plays. Like he is more willing now to make a mistake in order to drive the football down the field. He led all passers last season and deep ball attempts. Okay. So you take that, but now you take what the Bucks offense has been this summer in terms of, yes, you add Julio Jones, you add Russell Gage, when there's been a bunch of injuries to the offensive line. We're talking about starters. We're talking about depth as well. And if there's one area to me where that is greatly going to impact Tom Brady in this passing offense, it might be the ability for the real stat, the first statue quarterback that we're talking about to take the time to hit those five, seven and deep drops, obviously every single week. I still feel really good about the tackle situation. That's like the one saving grace here. And I do think since the interior has just been absolutely gassed this off season, I wonder if we're going to even see more pass attempts. It's going to be harder to run these duo concepts that the bucks are always like first or second in the league with. um, And those are like power rushing uh, concepts. 
I wonder if they're just going to lead the league in pass attempts. You know, they, they were second I in neutral totally pass rate last year, second in neutral pace. And even if we have a, a, a little bit of an inefficiency drop because the offensive line, because Tom Brady's a year older, because there's so many injuries, they still go four wide at, at wide receiver. Cameron Bray, as much as we give him shit, he's still a receiving type of tight end. Uh, they have two running backs can catch the ball out of the backfield now in Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. I wonder if this is just going to be 690 pass attempts uh, and they're not going to be able to run the ball as they did last year. I, I can totally see it. You know, I love to say it. There are games when he opens the first drive with just 10 straight passes. You know, he has complete control of this offense. And while I mentioned that negativity, that that pessimism I have, you're also not having to pay the price of the quarterback spot where he finished last right. year. You're getting him as quarterback 10 on underdog on some of the other platforms in a similar spot. You know, you're not having to pay the quarterback three price. So we love Tom Brady here. Absolutely. Okay. I love it. Okay. Quarterback eight. It's Joe Burrow. You also can't blitz him. I mean, he had the highest yards per attempt last season when blitz in the NFL at 10.8. That was a full yard and a half above Patrick Mahomes, okay? He creates big plays unlike any others. There are free rushers in his face. He, he makes them miss. He looks for that outlet. He's slippery in maybe in a lesser athletic way than everyone else, but man, he's such a gamer, and you can stack him with one of the top wide receivers of the two, in this entire fantasy football draft, either Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. Yeah, this can go very right in two different ways. Number one, like we uh, this chart is showing, is they began passing the ball more often later in the season once uh, Joe Burrow was feeling better with his ACL and once the offensive line felt a little bit more comfortable. But the big the big difference here is just the offensive line this year. Like they're number eleven in established the runs offensive line rankings. They add center, right guard, and right tackle, all veterans. They're not great players, but they are stabilizing players. And that's all Joe Burrow needs because he's so smart and he gets the ball out. Uh, on time so really it just comes down to are they going to play with a little more pace they were 30th in neutral pace last year they were eighth uh in neutral pass rate from week 10 and on through the playoffs if we can get that up a little bit like this could be mvp type of seasons here where you can have a tom brady like uh season from last year where you can still be a top five fantasy quarterback even if you're not going to have the 30 40 50 rushing yard games here so especially if you have t higgins if you have jamar chase i think exiting with joe burrow is perfectly smart Speaking of that offensive line, it's absolutely crazy what Joe Burrow had to deal with last season. Seven sacks in the Super Bowl, nine sacks in that win over the Tennessee Titans, six sacks versus the Los Angeles Chargers. There were four other contests where he got sacked five times as well. One note quickly, because we talked about this in the wide receiver tier show. Hopefully you tuned into that. Go and check it out if you did not. Can They ran so efficient. They were so right. incredible on big plays last year. There's always talking about regression. That word gets thrown around a lot in fantasy football. Can just Zach Taylor trusting this offense to pass more often negate the loss of some of those ridiculous plays? Yeah, so when I'm talking about regression, and this offense is regression candidates, the hard part is being efficient. Because you can swap out efficiency for more volume, which is, I think is going to happen in this offense here. So, I, I yeah, I, he's not going to have the same yards per attempt, the same touchdown rate. Neither will Jamar Chase. But you, what you'll see is because instead of that drive, uh, ending in three plays for a 60-yard touchdown, all of a sudden now that's just an eight-play drive that still ends in the touchdown because they're so damn good. So. <laughs> right. Okay, before we get to our next name, all of you who are here, you've made 18 minutes. Smash that subscribe button. We want to be here not only for your drafts that are happening over here the next two weeks, but also to help you win your fantasy football championships this season. That starts in September, October, November, and continues out through the rest of the season. We're going to have great content for you in the season to help you win. So hit thumbs up and hit subscribe down below. All right, quarterback nine, 
Trey Lance. First off, oh boy. before we get into anything else, let's start off with the Jimmy G discourse because he is staying in a building on a new restructured deal. Your reaction to him staying? Well, I think there you can bring the floor down for Trey Lance. The ceiling doesn't really change here. If Trey Lance is as good as what people think, then he's going to be out there. And it doesn't matter that Jimmy G's on the bench. I will also say that I think that Jimmy G being on, on the team right now doesn't mean he's going to be on the team for a long time. They can easily trade him here. Jimmy G uh, had a, a no trade clause in his contract. He can choose a set, if somebody uh, gets injured halfway through the season, they could easily trade him. He's got a lot of incentives, especially in the playoffs. So I don't think that Jimmy G returning right now necessarily means that he's going to be the quarterback. The also, the other thing is they traded three first round picks for Trey Lance. Right. His leash is going to be somewhat long. Like, I think this is the year where they, they have to just trust that he is what he uh, they thought um, he was as a prospect. So, yeah, the, the floor is a little bit lower. But in your redraft league, if he sucks, just pick up Derek Carr, who we'll get to in a second. You'll be fine. I think there's a few layers to this. Um, one, this can also be for compensatory pick selections in the future, too. Like, this allows him to stay on the roster, and if he goes somewhere else and signs, then boom, the, the 49ers like they get a, a comp pick based on who they sign in relation. Uh, also, it was a bit weird that Jimmy Garoppolo was not part of training camp. Yes. He was not practicing with this team. So most importantly, this is just going to test Kyle Shanahan's patience. You know, like, let's say... Trey Lance goes out there and throws and completes 55% of his passes and back-to-back losses. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyle knows who is getting out of Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just the middle of the field stuff where it can be difficult to throw, but it's peppering that area. But I firmly believe what you're saying. When the 49ers lost the Super Bowl to the Chiefs, it's they, they firmly thought they had the best roster in the league, but they just didn't have the quarterback to match that. Now with Trey Lance, while it might not be in the same way they've done it in the past, the whole field is now available. A new style of offense is is now available you can hit downfield shots and not just force fed and again the heart of the defense and i think that really matters for kyle and i think he understands he's going to have to be patient here maybe through a rocky road at times yeah so going back to fantasy we're aiming for ceilings here i think that he has a higher ceiling than any of the quarterbacks listed after him i think you can make an argument that joe burrow and tom brady's about the same wash and obviously since they don't have a backup quarterback uh, breathing down their throat, I would rather take them. But we're talking about the same tiers. We're aiming for upside here, and Trey Lance gets to throw the ball to Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and runs the ball like crazy with one of the best offensive coordinators in the league. Um, so I'm still aiming for upside, and I think a lot of your home leagues, if you are drafting this weekend, they're not going to be drafting Trey Lance. So if you can get a big, fat discount on Trey Lance, I think that yeah. uh, I would be aiming to do that. He's ranked outside the top 10 quarterbacks on on Sleeper right now. One note that I always bring up, and it's really in relation to Brandon Ayuk, Jimmy Garoppolo on 10-plus yard passes outside the numbers, only had 25 completions all of last season. We could be looking at week six of this season, and Trey Lance already has 25 completions outside the numbers and 10-plus yards down the field. Again, the full field is now open. Not saying it's going to be accurate or efficient, but it's going to be more exciting. And we're going to get more, you know, high value targets, I think, for some of the options out there. Okay. Let's close out this tier, tier three, with Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos. What a team they've already built up for him to walk into. The offensive line is there. The wide receivers, even without Tim Patrick, are there. The running backs, a great duo in Melvin Gordon. And most importantly, Javante Williams, and even the play caller who worked his magic with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Is it as simple to say it's all up to Russ and 
if they have success, maybe even our quarterback 10 and where he's going in drafts right now could be a little bit low. Yeah, it could be a little bit low. I don't see him going back to like quarterback three overall Russell Wilson, just because I think there's some things like his, his time to throw um, is getting a little bit shorter, probably because he doesn't have the same movement before uh, just looking at rushing yards last year, he only averaged 13 rushing yards per game. His career low before that was like at 31. Um, so it's just a lot of things on the rushing end. I'm not expecting Russell Wilson to bounce back from now with that said, he's going to have some huge weeks because this division is awesome. And he still last year had the highest eight on the league, the highest yards beyond the sticks in the league. And I think that Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy are good enough uh, to make some magic here. So uh, this is kind of the wild, wild west with, with this coaching staff. I don't know if it was an Aaron Rodgers thing because like Aaron Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson play completely different sports, basically with how they approach quarterback. Um, so I'm not sure what the offense is exactly going to look like, um, which is why I think out of the top 10 ish quarterbacks, I've been the lowest on Russell Wilson. I usually have a quarterback uh, before him. We all, and he still has it fall in love with the moon shots. That he's able to throw outside the numbers and down the field to the likes of Tyra Lockett and DK Metcalf. He has some of those wide receivers now, especially in Cortland Sutton. But I always bring this up with Russ. Again, the middle of the field is a complete blind spot and has been for a little bit. Just talking to some people connected with the Green Bay Packers, like Nathaniel Hackett was a reason why you know Aaron Rodgers threw a bit more over the middle of the field. Now, their heights are a bit different. The quality of play is a bit different. Russ is in a back-to-back MVP. Um, but I do get nervous that maybe the old school style of Russ, that the hero ball that we fell in love with, at this age, it just naturally evaporates and he might have to change his game because he's never been, you know, he's he's never been a quick passer. And Aaron Rodgers, in comparison, had 88 screens last year. Russ, mm-hmm. in his best season, I think had 48, you know? So yeah. things are just going to have to be done differently in this offense. It is the Russell Wilson offense. Okay. I'm getting all my Broncos exposure through basically two players, Cortland Sutton, if the passing game is good, and then Melvin Gordon, if something happens to Javante. Like that take. Tier four time. Before we get there, If you finish your fantasy draft or it's upcoming, you need to scratch that itch, go and play on underdog fantasy. And guess what? You can win like a cool $2 million if you come in first place in best ball mania three love best ball. There is no waivers. There's no trades. There's no setting your lineups. We pick your best one for you. It's really that simple. There's a link in the description down below in your promo code, the show, and we match your first deposit up to 25 or excuse me, up to $100. So go and play on Underdog Fantasy. Okay, tier four. Dak Prescott. Are we kind of like less enthused about Dak Prescott heading into yes. this year versus where we were last year? And for me, I, if I can admit it, I'm a little bit nervous of, how Kellen Moore's offense became a bit like tedious and relying too much on the quarterback to go through so many progressions. And, you know, just CD lamb, who's an awesome player out there is much different than hyping him up when it's all CD plus Amari Cooper, plus Michael Gallup for the entire season, hopefully. And then obviously there's the splits with and without Tyron Smith. Uh, Establish the run has this offensive line ranked 20th without. And I mean, we've been talking first, second, third, fourth best offensive lines uh, for Dak Prescott's career. And I think that you can make a hell of an argument. The the skill group is also worse at the same time. So I think Dak Prescott will be better this season. Like his play will be better. The calf injury wasn't a concern. Obviously he's coming back from the broken leg. Um, so I think he'll play better. How much that will translate for fantasy. I'm not sure 
um, if he has nearly the same pass to upside as like a Joe Burrow. And they get drafted similarly enough where I would rather just take the two-pick premium, two-round premium, and yep. just go over uh, the Jalen Hurts's, the, the Joe Burrows, the Tom Brady's instead. Bank on yourself to find wide receiver value two rounds later, you know, then take the quarterback a bit earlier, you know? Right. It, the rankings might be different, but I trust all of you to be watching our content, to have it in your own head that you can find maybe someone at the end of the tier versus drafting someone at the top of the tier at the wide receiver or running back or tight end position. Okay. Derek Carr is actually our quarterback 12. 30 touchdowns, which he hasn't hit since the 2015 season. Hayden, it's all incoming. Not saying that the offensive line is perfect, but man, you get Josh McDaniels, who has worked his magic really over the last couple of years with a bunch of different kinds of situations. And the pass-catching group, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller, all come in different packages, all can win in the same or different areas of the field as well. And it just lines up for me wanting to draft as much Derek Carr as possible. Yeah, I'm actually right there with you here. Uh, it just comes down to touchdowns. And Devontae Adams, a healthy Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro are nasty in the red zone together. So, I mean, last year, Derek Carr was six in yards per game. His efficiency, the, all the numbers are top 10 passing numbers in the pocket. It was just the damn touchdowns. But he's thrown the ball to Zay Jones, I know that's your guy, and a bunch of scrubs after Hunter uh, or Henry Ruggs um, was released. So you're adding some of the best skill players in the league back to those offense. And the defense is not going to be very good, especially in this division. I think there's going to be second half performances where it's just like 200 yards, two touchdowns in the second half, and they lose uh, 35 to 24. And that's just the way it goes. But I think that Derek Carr could easily outscore Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, all Kirk Cousins. And the other th big thing about this is no one thinks Derek Carr is any good. He will not get drafted in some of your leagues. Um, that is one of the alternative here is I think like waiver wires, like pick up Derek Carr. If you, if you did go, um, Trey Lance just draft Derek Carr a couple rounds later. I think that you'll be able to ping pong those weeks plenty. Yeah, going back because you know I love to talk about red zone touchdown rate over the last few years. Derek Carr and the Raiders 29th, 23rd, and 22nd the last three seasons. Look, the Patriots offense wasn't even close to as many quality skill position talents. And Josh McDaniels created the seventh best environment for red zone touchdown rate last season. So we're just gonna see touchdowns, baby. Yep. Touchdowns are pretty good for fantasy football. I think uh, he literally could have top five passing yards and like top 10 passing touchdowns. It might not mean the Raiders are that good like that. That is within the range of outcomes just based off his previous production. The other thing with Derek Carr is he's throwing the ball downfield. Like all the complaints that we've had about Derek Carr previously, changed. it's changed. Yep. It totally has changed. He's morphed his game. It's It's been so much fun to watch. I really do want to, if I'm in a super flex league, two of those top 12 quarterbacks. Yes. Like, yeah, and I will go out of my way to draft two of those top 12 quarterbacks. I'm not saying that, you know, Matthew Stafford, who's, you know, our quarterback 13 is, is bad or it's negative at all. But I think the top 12 are maybe a premium selection. But let's talk about Matthew Stafford. Okay. He was top five in EPA in dropbacks last year versus five pass rushers. He's another one of these quarterbacks that you simply cannot blitz. It's a theme with quality players. Um, and because of that, Matthew Stafford can work deep into his drops if his offensive line holds up you know i love talking about the backside dig that changed a lot with odell beckham now we're going to get it with Allen robinson so while the left tackle transition from andrew whitworth to what they have now is difficult guess what i uh i trust the rams and what yeah. they do and the talent they bring in now 
Yeah, the one concern with Matthew Stafford is he was the quarterback 11 per game, and that was on an offense that was fourth in neutral pace and seventh in neutral pass rate. It's hard to see how much better Matthew Stafford could be in fantasy. I think he's going to be a low-end quarterback one in, in most weeks. Um, and he goes well ahead of Derek Carr and some of these other players. So I haven't been drafting that much Matt, Matthew Stafford, um, and hopefully his elbow holds up. It seems like they're expecting that to be the case, but this was quote-unquote bad tendonitis it's like something to, I guess, monitor. Right. It went from, hey, I'm not throwing at all in practice to, hey, I'm going to throw 70 times in yeah. the next practice. Um, and Joe Noteboom is the new left tackle, and he's filled in at a few spots and done a really admirable job when he has stepped into the starting lineup. Okay, two more names here. And this is weird to say, but our quarterback 14 in this tier is Aaron Rodgers, the back-to-back -back MVP. And at least for me, it comes down to two things, replacing Devontae Adams, and you might snicker, but replacing Marquez Vada Scantling as well. A few reasons why. Aaron Rodgers last year was 11th in 20-plus yard passing attempts with 73. Devontae and MVS accounted for 49 of those. He also had 28 passing touchdowns in the red zone last season. Devontae Adams and MVS accounted for 12 of those. So, yes, Romeo Dobbs has been fun. They've brought in Sammy Watkins and maybe Al Nazard is the new crown king as their wide receiver one. I'd say all those talents are worse than the two names I just mentioned. He won the damn MVP and he was still the quarterback six per game in fantasy land. And they were 31st in neutral pace. And I'm not sure if that's going to pick up when they lose. Uh, they're clearly the best wide receiver. They were fifth in neutral pass rate. I'm expecting that to drop because it's going to be such a run uh, oriented offense with their two running backs here. So I just, I'll fade the two time MVP. How could that go wrong? How could that go wrong? If there is a, advantage to the offense this year it might be that they could be healthier along the offensive line like it's towards the end of training camp just as the season's starting but we've been closer than ever before than having david bakhtiari and elton jenkins on the yeah. field at the same time you know yeah that's a positive in his cap okay i would also listen to an argument though that maybe kirk cousins should be ranked ahead of yes. aaron Rodgers, uh, justin jefferson this offseason to the ringer nfl show called that this offense a pass first offense which is very different than what Mike Zimmer helped orchestrate. So Hayden to you, what does Kirk Cousins look like in a pass first offense? It could be Matthew Stafford esque with like more play action oriented. Like Matthew Stafford is like controlling that. And I think that Kirk Cousins is more of a function of it, but even being a function of it, it doesn't really matter if you refresh and all of a sudden he has 300 passing yards. I can see that happening plenty with Kirk Cousins. Like you said, the big difference is the coaching staff and the Rams with this coaching staff. Uh, last year, seventh in neutral pass rate, fourth in neutral pace. Both of those were better than what the Vikings had last year. Maybe Adam Thielen's a little bit healthier. Maybe this is kind of a young offensive line. Maybe they even take another step here. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins is going to keep you afloat. Tier five time. Again, if you're in a super flex league, go ahead and exit your draft with two of those top 15 names. Not saying it gets dire here. But someday it gets <laughs> dire here. Uh, Hayden and I, for the rest of the way, I know there's, you know, 18 other names we could talk about here. Uh, we're just going to throw a few of our favorites for you super flex drafters, you true sickos. Um, and Hayden, I'll go first because he's the next quarterback in our rankings. That is Trevor Lawrence. Yes, I'm making the case for the player who was 30th in completion percentage last year, 32nd in yards per attempt, 25th in interception percentage. He had an eight-game stretch in the middle of last season with just one touchdown pass. But it's because of the eye test, man. You know, the eye test hits it for me. He handles disruption really well for 
you know, a second year quarterback. He has a knack for avoiding sacks and not allowing pressures to turn into sacks and overcoming the what they put on the field last year was such a travesty and what he's able to do this season. Like he's in a much better situation to succeed. And most importantly for us, if they go down the scoreboard, even in neutral positive situations, he's a super aggressive passer. Right. And now he has more players on the field. Again, you might snicker, but Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, these guys are going to be able to attack the field much better than throwing LaVisca Chenault on the field and asking to run nine routes last season. Yeah, I think we're going to see a massive step from Trevor Lawrence. I do think it's going to be a gradual step-by-step step throughout his young career. Um, I'll take you up Justin Fields versus Trevor Lawrence. And this is like a late season uh, ranking switch for me. I was I was with you until I kind of saw what the Bears have been doing. The concepts look good. Lots of bootleg, lots of play action, seven-step drops, deep targets in general, more screens, more motion. All the stuff that we were yelling uh, to the Bears coaches staff last year, we're getting it. Uh, based off the preseason usage. Uh, and the big thing, obviously, with Justin Fields, um, 51.6 rushing yards per game later on in the season. Uh, there have been 71 quarterbacks who've averaged 30 rushing yards in at least 10 of their starts. Those 71 quarterbacks, on average, 19 fantasy points per game. So, obviously, Justin Fields, we should expect that to be lower just because he's going to go through struggles. Offensive line's bad. Skill position's bad. All that stuff. I just think that we're going to get plenty of rushing production i still think that especially in best ball he's gonna have some spiked weeks because when he's throwing downfield with these concepts that we're seeing some of them are gonna hit he has the arm ability to do it the consistency is gonna be a joke the bears probably will be a joke but in fantasy i think he's got some of the ingredients that we're really looking for chat let us know in the comments down below after this video to uh if, if you're team trevor or, or team justin fields i think we underrate a little bit what what trevor lawrence puts out there rushing wise too i could see him getting five or six rushing touchdowns yeah this season too. Um, okay. Again, this is a weird tier five and even tier six. Like you have Matt Ryan, who I think is going to make a much larger impact from a team success than maybe a fantasy success rate. Uh, you have now Daniel Jones having Brian Dayball attached to him. Jameis Winston went through a spell of having only 17 attempts last season in games to now like 35 pass attempts per game. But you want to bring up who we actually have probably way higher than anyone else as the quarterback for Marcus Mariota. Yeah, and this is especially for like your redraft league. If you are in a, a super flex league and you're looking for a second quarterback for early on in the season, I'm pretty sure Marcus Mariota is going to survive for a couple weeks out there. And he just has rushing ability and he has two stud weapons. And the defense is not going to be good. There's going to be fourth quarter rushing production. I thought he's looked pretty good um, in the preseason performances as well. And he's been a starter uh, in this offense uh, before. I just, it's, it's kind of just a bet on Drake Lennon and Kyle Pitts and then Marcus Mariota just having the, uh, the experience to kind of figure this out. And he still looks really fast out there. Yeah. Okay. That's going to do it. We're going to, I, I, I need one more. Or Hayden talks about Kenny Pickett. One more take. No, no, no. Jared Goff bounce back season. The offensive I line like looks it. good. The, the skills, the skill group looks good. This is just for quarterback twos. If you're in the deepest league ever, nobody wants to draft Jared Goff. I can see a bounce back. So he's not like a Derek Carr season. Like I predicted last year, a step beneath that, but I think we're gonna get functional quarterback play. And this offense is actually going to look uh, like league average. Yeah, the offensive line that he is working behind is a huge advantage for his style of play. We just need him to be in more, you know, positive, neutral game scripts as well. And if you think the lines are going to be good, then that helps. That 100% helps. That's going to do it. Again, go and check out the running back tiers video, the wide receiver tiers video. After this, the tight end tiers video as well. And look, if you're drafting on ESPN, Sleeper, Yahoo, we have the cheat code for you to dominate your drafts on there. And most importantly, it doesn't stop in September or October, November. So stick with us. We want to help you win your league and smash your friends.
underscore Hayden. I am Josh. We will talk to you next time. See ya.